Welcome to Super Movie Bros. Fair warning before you get into this episode, we had a little bit of an audio issue on Jay's end. Jay is recording from home. I'm recording from home. So we uh, have to put the audio tracks together. And this time around, there was just a little bit of an issue with Jay's audio that we didn't discover until after the episode was recorded. Jay already figured out the issue. It's going to be fixed for next week. But uh, this week's episode, Jay's audio is going to sound a little bit muddy. We apologize in advance for that. So please Stick with us and enjoy the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And joining us again is my lovely wife, Lauren. I'm getting so tired of saying Hello. that. Hello. For the first time ever, I think I got sick of her today, Jay. I think it's. I think it happened. Oh. Yeah. What I do? You started watching <laughs> Raw again without me. Okay, you didn't. First off, we didn't. I didn't start I'm watching it. Surprised it took it. this long. We were watching it together, and you went to take a shower, and you never said pause it during the Rey Mysterio match. So, so Never said it. Let's go through this. This is how it works when you watch a television show with when, you know, when you're married or when you're with somebody. It, it, it's something that you watch together, right? So if mm-hmm. I am watching something and she gets up, goes to the bathroom, does a shower or something, and I just continue watching it, I'm in trouble. But when she does it, She's not because I didn't specify the rules. We never specify the rules. No one ever specifies. But the rules. I don't get up and watch. Let me say this though: I feel like of all things that you guys watch together, which is a lot, this is one of those kind of things where it does add a better viewing experience with somebody. Unless that person's you know? me, in which case I'm mostly just critiquing and complaining about it. The whole right? Time. <laughs> or he's looking down at his phone, not even paying attention. But if to it's it. like this is us, this is us. You just want to mope and cry to yourself. You don't want to talk. Let me stop you there. We can't use This Is Us as an example because I oh. that is my show, and I will watch it with or without him. So if he's recording with okay. you, guess what? We're not waiting for This Is Us because that pre-established is... Pre-established rules. Yeah. Those, those, those are pre-established rules. What I'm saying gotcha. is... What I'm saying is there's sometimes there's a show that we never set rules for, but if I continue watching it, I'm a dick. But if you continue watching it, you never said. Uh huh. See. Pause it. See. See. This is what I want to know. Uh, anyone who listens, like, what is the rules in your house? Because I feel like for each couple, the, it's it's varied and it and it has layers. <laughs> like, <they're laughs> layer, like, like if you watch like a show that's like, you know what? Wait, like, like if I watch Breeders without you, that's something we watch together. You wouldn't be all that mad if I watch. No, Breeders. I'll rewatch it myself. Yeah, exactly. But if we were watching like a series on Netflix and we're binging it. And you went to bed, and we had like say three episodes left, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just finishing it." You'd be a little upset. Yes. Yes. See, see, there's layers, and I want to know. <laughs> and there's no way from hiding it. <laughs> no, no. Not, well, on Netflix, I can I could switch to my account or her account or or right. someone else's. Or but make usually a fi- <laughs> on Netflix, one of us started it on one of right. our, you know, on the other account. That or I get the whole. Oh, I fell asleep. It must have just kept playing or it must have started this up. Like, okay. <laughs> Sometimes that actually does happen. <laughs> Especially on Hulu, which has been trying to get us to watch Fresh Off the Boat for like years. It's not years. happening, man. <laughs> it's never happening. <laughs> but uh, for, for anyone listening, uh, this is this is going to be a question of the week for next week. I want to know, if you're in a relationship, what are the predefined rules 
for TV watching? Is there shows that are just for you and shows that are just for, for them? Or are there shows that have to be watched together? What are the consequences for going off the script or out of the rules and watching something? There's going to be a lot of long comments. Yes, yeah, there's going to be some long comments. But I, I definitely I definitely want to know because like sometimes you just feel trapped. You're just like, you know what? There's limited things to watch anymore. You're burning through things so quickly. I'm just ready to start the next thing or just finish this one and move on to the next one. So, <laughs> Jay, being single, this is something you don't have to worry about. No, but you know what I do have is depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is alone another night watching it. That does not... That doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> no, I was just telling them that, uh, I, yeah, like, it seems like every, like, I get two days of bad, like, just depression. And, like, every two weeks, it seems like so far during this quarantine, it's just kind of, and I'm, like, in my second day here. And I feel like after today, uh, I'll be fine. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those weird things. I don't know. I don't know. But, it, you know, it's just the nature of what we're battling, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm lonely, I'm quarantined, I'm horny, I can't do anything about it. I'm like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't socialize with anybody. It's terrible. Yeah, Jay, Jay, actually, I do, go. I do. I go, I go run and I cycle. Go for a and bike ride, but take the but take the seat off your bike and just like, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's frustrating that you can't like, you just can't socialize. You can't talk to anybody. You can't see anybody. Well, I think that's uh, because like you have uh, always been like this. I mean, you've always been a cool guy, you know? Like, you've always been going out and doing nah, stuff. You've never spent just, Friday nights as a loser alone, masturbating to anime, and then maybe watching Shaun of the Dead for the 100th time. Like, I've done that. This is true. <laughs> 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 but you never have. <laughs> I just like getting, I just like being out of the house and doing stuff, and I, I, I can't really do it, and and, and I, it's it's frustrating. And now, and since I had this job where I work from home, even... <laughs> So it, it makes it that much more, even more frustrating where I, I have no detachment right now whatsoever, unless I go out and seek it. Um, and it's hard to even do that. Well, do so do this next time you go on a bike ride, like in the area around where you live, just go for a bike ride and drop off. It's not even nice enough to ride it. <laughs> just, just, I mean, I'm taking Luca for runs every day. It's, it's, it's plenty well, damn nice. It was like yeah, 50 degrees good. this afternoon. It was yeah. nice. Cycling. There's like a 15 degree wind chill when you're riding a bike, <laughs> but take, take beers and, and drop them off at places around your town. <laughs> that, ah. way, that way, as you drive by, as, as you ride by on your bike, you know, you could, you you get off, you stop, you have a beer. And it's like it's kind of like a little bar crawl, just for you, though. There you go. <laughs> just for you. That's a hell of an idea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Leave two. And the next person that walks by you, just go, hey, want to have a beer with me? Stay six feet apart. Let's have yeah, a right. <laughs> just start talking to yeah. random people. You won't be weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> No, Stop. not one bit. You know, but like, you can yeah, even... I can get like some, uh, what's it called? The Rattler beer? What is, what the fuck is that? Is that what that's called? Isn't that, isn't that what that, what the fuck is that called? I thought it was called a Rattler. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've never it's heard like of it. It's like a low alcohol content beer, but it's supposed to be kind of sweet. And I think like back in the day, cyclists used to drink it a lot. No clue. You, I don't know. Of, of the people on this podcast, the person who should know about a beer that's drank by cyclists is either A, me, who can't even ride a bike, B, my wife, who hasn't ridden a bike in 15 years, or C, you, who rides a bike. And Jay, yes, pretty, you are correct. <laughs> it is a, it's called uh, Radler Beer. It's usually a shandy. Oh. Shandy. Thank you. I knew you it was something welcome. weird that I'd never had before. Uh, you don't see it around very often, but I remember... Uh, Mike Locke from Broken Goblet mentioned it to me uh, uh, during one of uh, 
my photos that I posted on Instagram and I was cycling with the broken goblet jersey on. He's like, where's the Rattler? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's a, it's one of those kind of weird beers that I think isn't really in style anymore. But well, we if it's it just a shandy, I drink a summer shandy every year. Every yeah, Jane, if you start drinking a summer shandy, you better change your regular bar to the Black Raven, sir. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right, man, let's move on and let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, 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 go past this, past this part. In fact, never play this again. RJ, what did you get down to watching this week? Well, I've watched the miniseries Waco that just dropped on Netflix <laughs> on Friday. Waco. Waco. Waco, Waco. Waco, Waco. Waco, Waco. Waco, Waco. Why is that so funny? Because it's Waco, <laughs> motherfucker. Waco. It's Waco. <laughs> they have Fuck. to say the name of the town at least ten times in the series. Uh, you know... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. hey, Jay, 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 where, where does Free Solo take place? Where's the where's I, where's El Capitan? Where's that? At? No, I remember. I remember. I fucked that up. Yeah. On, on Yosemite. That, on you said yeah, Yosemite. Yosemite. <laughs> <laughs> it's <not a> Yosemite. <laughs> now we got. Now we got Wacko. Uh, <laughs> wacko, Wacko. Look, there was no chance for me even learning a second language, let alone the English language. Okay. <laughs> you got to figure I'm out this one first. <laughs> I'm barely getting through a podcast. <laughs> All right, man, but but uh, let us know about Waco. This is actually like after you told me you watched it, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I I've I've studied like I actually had to study Waco uh, when I was in when I was in college and stuff. And Lauren's like, we watched that, right. and I was yeah. like, really? And I was like, it was like, yeah. And then like I saw it on Netflix, and I was like, oh, yeah, we did watch that. But uh, let everyone know about Waco because it did just come to Netflix this past Friday. Sure. So this is a mini series that was actually in development for a while now. And it got caught up because of the whole Harvey Weinstein nonsense, because it was originally a Weinstein production. Legal battles, they were able to get the name off of this project. And uh, I think Netflix, uh, Netflix swept up and, and bought it. So they dropped it. And it is extremely well executed and, and, and has a hell of a stellar cast. And I did not know that this was based on a true story at the time. So when I finished it and did some research, I immediately uh, hit up Dave and I was like, dude, you got to check this out. Yeah, and I was like, this is one of like, this is considered like one of the, one of the greatest, like, uh, like true crime uh, stories, like, like one of the, one of the most heavily, uh, documented, uh, by, by, uh, news media incidents that happened in, in, in this country within like the past 30 years. So yeah, I've heard of it and a lot of other people have too, but, uh, it, it this isn't a Netflix production. Like it, Netflix ha- now has the streaming what, they, rights they, to they it. They bought it. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. They had the streaming rights to it, but I think it was, I want to, it was a discovery channel one. I want to say, not sure but it was something, something like that. I, I, I don't remember a hundred percent, but I remember it was like a, maybe it was like an A and E or like, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I know, yeah, they did pick up the rights to start streaming. It. Yeah, so you know, it's it's the FBI and an ATF. Uh, they're trying to seize a religious leader, uh, David Korsh. You know, his branch is like a you know, it's like a really really weird small niche religious cult in West Texas, Waco, Texas, in the spring of '93, and he had some previous charges for firearms and like just having all kinds of random uh, different kind of military-grade weapons stored at his site. And that's the only reason why they came over there to try and, and, and raid him. And it was one of those kind of 
who has the bigger dick swinging contest kind of things with with the ATF and the FBI guys trying to break into this facility and he he held his ground. He did not want to give up and 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 it really does a really good shine a, a really good job of shining the light on both perspectives from different characters on both sides of the fence and psychosis and it really <laughs> I mean, sure oh absolutely david, david koresh was uh, like he's he's a cult leader and a fanaticist at that and exactly. i mean he he armed these people to the teeth including some some you know some teens as well right. and you mm. know the it really the way this all ended like it it really messed a lot of these uh, a lot of the ATF and FBI that were on scene up because so many bodies that were found were children and and women but sure. as you see a lot of the women were were armed as well um but a lot of the children were not but come to find out that most of the kids were actually executed before the explosion which is absolutely insane so uh wow. David Koresh is just an absolute insane character but we well they did even hint at in the, in the beginning that he was kind of like an, a special ed so he obviously has some mental issues uh before this all happened and i and, and just kind of fanaticism and, and dreamlike quality of thinking he knows everything there is and he's a you know god speaking to him and and Right. It just makes no logical sense. And what you'll find out with a lot of like these type of cult leaders and stuff like that is that whether they hear God or not, you know, if they're actually hearing God, that's a level of psychosis that that they probably don't have, but they are they, they are power hungry, right? So like Well, they're power hungry and they are they always have some sense of charming uh personality to them and and good looks because otherwise who else is going to go and 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 be there and listen to him and actually you know defend him right you know obviously they're broken people but you still need more gravitas for them to to stay there for all those years and to this kind of level right and by it's and by saying that he hears the word of god and stuff like that that's you know that's that, that's just that, that's a power thing it's it's the thing that he uses mm -hmm. to keep those people you know following him and stuff like that he is uh, he is you know he is better than them. He is higher than them because he he has this ability that that they don't have, and and they believe him. And uh, man, it's 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 a crazy story, but it's got a great cast: Taylor Kitsch, uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's it's, fan it's fantastic. Uh, just please look it up, watch it. It's a it's an easy, quick, intense, great miniseries on Netflix. There's no reason not to to check it out. Um, and obviously, later on in news, we'll touch on some Netflix stories as well that just kind of ties in with all that good stuff. But also, um, a miniseries I just started on ESPN called The Last Dance. This just covers, I have to mention this because I'm a huge former Michael Jordan 90s Chicago Bulls fan. Oh, that's funny. We just watched Space Jam this weekend with Logan. <laughs> really? Hell yeah. Everybody that's get awesome. up. It's time to jam now. We got a real jam going now. Welcome to the Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. Did you know Bill Murray was in the movie? Because I just it? watched it, of course. Right. Whoa, whoa. I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. Hey. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. Well, before I wasn't sure if you saw if you knew that before. Yes, yeah, you knew oh. that before. Jay, yeah, Jay, yeah, I yeah. saw this movie in the theaters, motherfucker. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> good man, good man. I've been watching this movie since I was knee high to a duck, sir. So <laughs> yeah. So this miniseries they're doing dropping two episodes every week, and it's it's a ten episode uh, miniseries, and so far it's really really good. I'm I'm actually pretty surprised. 
So, uh, so what is the story of it? Is it like the, the the last half of Michael Jordan's career? No, it, it, it's it. They're threading the needle from the beginning of his high school days all the way throughout. I'm assuming his whole life. I don't know. They haven't caught up to that yet. But it thread it thread lines between him and all the other players within these the core. 90s championship winning teams and then it also showcases because they actually allowed documentary cameras into uh the locker room and to follow the team during the 97 i believe it was the last year before the team broke up so it's like all this drama behind uh behind the scenes but also behind the scenes with the different players and um and just their stories is how they grew up you know scotty pippen that's a Big story that I think a lot of people forgot about because he was one of the most valued players in the NBA, but also one of the most underpaid athletes of all time. And he had a big uh, scuff with 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 upper management and the ownership of the Chicago, Chicago Bulls because he was a kid and he unknowingly signed a uh, a, a seven year contract and and they did not budge at all, even after all the success and all the championships. You know, he was, uh, he was, it's, it's sad. It's sad, but, um, it's a really, really good docuseries. I think so far, I mean, they're, they got it going on the right doorstep where it's not backing down. It's, it's not sugarcoating anything. It's really interesting. And and I think for me, I'm eating it up because I was a huge fan. And as great (laughs) as Scotty Pippen was, he he wasn't in space jam, sir. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this that is was true. that was my this mark for excellence in the NBA yeah, when I right. was a kid. Were yeah. you in Space Jam? No, I'll know you, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Ewing. You were in Space Jam. I know you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I think Patrick Ewing. I think he was actually drafted the same year Michael Jordan was in 1984. Yeah, and so it was like wasn't Magic Johnson like right around the same time? And then Larry Bird nah. retired several years after Michael Jordan was in. Well. It's all right. it's all yeah. incestuous. Yeah. They were like the era right before Jordan kind of came into the scene for the most part. Like they were on the tail end when he was in beginning stages. Yeah, I mean, um, I've never been a basketball fan, so I'm definitely not going to check this out. But I know that there are people out there just just missing their sports ball, and they 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 got to sure. they they want to watch some, and and these type of documentaries. For me, this stuff, is a nostalgic bomb for me. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and I I like me I've I've never been into basketball, so I'm definitely not gonna really care about this much but i mean like i said there's definitely people out there who would be interested in checking this out on espn yeah and the only time i've ever watched basketball was Was during the ai days was uh no no kobe bryant (laughs) that's who i that's who i ever like watched because people were like oh kobe bryant's great i'm like what and that's the only time i've ever watched basketball nope Michael Jordan then. was way before my time. Not, not way before, but not before even my then. time. The reason I knew who Kobe Bryant was because I saw his prom pictures with Brandy. There you go. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, but- now, I was a big Allen Iverson fan. So, like, it was Michael Jordan and then Allen Iverson took over that reign until I, uh, I quit basketball in 11th grade. So, I mean, they, those were my two... You know, they were my Harrison Fords. That's, <laughs> that's right. A six, a six foot eight or six foot seven guy, whatever the fuck you are, quit basketball, which is probably baffling to it was, to many it, people. I felt I I know that you can blame golf. My love for golf for that. Uh, once I found golf, everything else just went to the shitter. Yeah. How many? Uh, how many? How many college? Uh, how many college offers did you get to play golf? <laughs> I had a I had a small scholarship, small scholarship <laughs> in college. Yeah, yeah. 
something. Got something. Did you ever get a hole in one? Ever? Oh, no. I still never have now. No, no. Then you got mm. nothing, Closest. sir. Have you ever made a ball into, into the three basket? Inches. A ball into the basket. <laughs> have you ever shot the ball in the basket? I've, I've never been a great offensive player. I'm the, Maybe when I was younger, I was. But like when I got older and even when as an adult, 100% realized, even when I was a soccer player back in the day, I always... After time, I realized I'm much more of a defensive-minded player. Can confirm. I like <laughs> shutting down people more than... We actually have a video of you taking on Righteous in, uh, uh, in, uh, in Broken Goblin, where Righteous fucking smokes I, you. I, I blame the proximity factor. I, don't I didn't. Think I, was, so. I was already had. I already had like six, seven drinks in me. Dude, I, he I, snaps I your like, ankles. <laughs> He was way too sober for that one-on-one. You just ain't got the fancy footwork, sir. All right, but uh, moving on to to what me and Lauren got down to watching this week. Uh, I mean, like we just mentioned, we watched Space Jam because we had a little kid. So, of course, that meant we also had to watch Trolls. Yep. Trolls 1. Did I call it or did I call we were going to watch Trolls 2 again? So we had to watch Trolls Mm. 2, Trolls 1, and Trolls the series for a couple episodes as well. Not to mention we celebrated her birthday this weekend, so she got to build Trolls Lego as well. Like I said, so we we were all about the rainbows up here in this house. Lauren even made her a rainbow birthday cake, mm-hmm. which I put pictures up on my Instagram, and uh, it it was a fantastic birthday cake. And I was thank you. I was extremely like when you were making it, I was like, oh, all these colors are gonna be wrong. Like they're all I gonna know. be like they're all gonna be brown, but like a different shade of brown. Like one's gonna be like an orange brown, maybe a red brown, maybe like yeah. A- what what you don't know, <laughs> what you forgot about bacon is it looks darker on right. the outside. It's when you cut right. The cake. That's when you see the. No, colors. you said what I forgot about baking. I've never known anything. Okay, about well, what you learned about baking this weekend? <laughs> act act like I've ever baked a damn thing in my life. <laughs> I think every cookie I've ever made, just kind of like when I take it off the plate, it's still kind of like oozing. <laughs> like it never. They never. I, I was gonna say, is it just the ones you just open from the packet and? You don't even have to stir them. You just—I like, think that's about that's <laughs> like about the, the Pillsbury length. cookies. You just take it out of the packet yes. and just throw it on the baking. That sheet. is the length of of baking uh, knowledge that I have. There you go. What's that say? Follow the instructions yeah. and know your oven. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Three seventy-five. Let's hit it up. I can do that. Three seventy-five for twenty minutes. Damn, I burned them. Ah, fuck it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but we also we also finished up uh, High Fidelity yep. as well. So me and Lauren did finish Ooh. that series on your recommendation and yes, can confirm me. worth the watch, man. Uh, yes. Very yes. good. I very much enjoyed it. I, I was like it ended and I was like, oh, man, we're only like halfway through where the movie was. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I look forward yeah, to. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about rewatching it uh, just because it's such an easy watch. And I like the headspace I'm in when I'm watching it. It's just fun. It's just easy going, laid back. Well, hold your hold uh, your horses. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's that good. <laughs> it's, it's that well, good. I mean, just for a fun, easy to going watch, like you're not overthinking anything. It's not heavy stuff where you're going to get all emotional or. We oh all right so also just recently came to Netflix. We watched the third in a trilogy. <laughs> This trilogy uh, started with Olympus Has Fallen, and then oh, London boy. fell. But now, the angel has fallen. The angel fallen. has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, <laughs> we, we put on Angel Has Fallen, because A, we've seen the first two, and B, Saturday night, kid went to bed, didn't want to put a whole lot of brain cells into what were we going to put on. So, we watched Angel Has Fallen, which is the third in the series, and uh, I was surprised 
because it was better than the second better one. Better than the second one, <laughs> yes. Which was truly awful. They definitely had a Gerard Butler like spouting less like, you know, comedic like action one-liners. You right. Know? Like he wasn't doing any of that shtick like he was. And 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 with the American propaganda, you know, behind it. Right. That, that, was, in the, <laughs> that was in the second one, which really bothered me just like this over-patriotism yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of this, you know, giant Scottish man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Irish man, whatever he <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh you know in, in this one I, I i liked it i mean i think like morgan freeman is just there to be there because i like it i wonder in his age does he even does he even show up to act anymore or is he just like i picture like every time the the camera cuts he's just like no. nine <laughs> like he doesn't even memorize the script anymore just feed me the lines yeah you know morgan freeman he's a professional I'll man s- i'll say them in the morgan freeman voice and then i'll, I'll get out of here what would be really funny is if morgan freeman like sounds like that when he's in a movie but like when he's offset he sounds like dave Chappelle. yeah right <laughs> just like a little bit like a high-pitched voice i'm here for the same reason you is man i want some crack <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway uh and you know what? It, it was all right if you have time to kill i mean angel has fallen it's fine it's completely ridiculous absolutely unbelievable i'm pretty sure that like they don't understand how fbi and secret service right. work like i'm pretty sure like none of that there's a scene he should have died yeah yeah oh he should have got shot not to least. mention right and they also like oh uh, not him they should have shot the other guy that he was that he was holding. Right, yes. The FBI, FBI agent. Mm. Right, yeah, because I'm sitting there, I was like, you, you, like, you are... So, like, at one point, he takes, he takes another Secret Service member hostage. Right. And he has a gun, and he's heading towards the president. J- like, I think even common sense would tell you what you would do as a Secret Service agent. Pop a cap. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Shoot I the mean, guy who's been taken hostage. Do you talk to him? Right. Give it up, you got nowhere to go. Shoot the hostage. Yeah, or do you I, shoot I, I the guy? You, you shoot the guy who's yeah, been taken you, hostage because he, he signed up to give his life up for yep. the president. So, like, they they wouldn't negotiate with this dude. They nah. would have lit them both up. <laughs> but hey, you know, well, you suspend disbelief to keep Gerard Butler alive so he can get in and say one sentence that explains everything right. and 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 gets him off the hook and puts him back in everyone's good graces. Uh, it, look, it's it it is action. It's porn. tailored to a market. It you is. know, I mean, it's I mean they've actually made three movies they obviously make money people at least obviously like them i mean it's a weird market it's like a, it's like one of those you know c-list movies that need come out from right Hollywood but this was in, in the theaters and and that like makes no sense to me because like when you have like a a set demographic like that that's going to your movie just just put it on the streaming services yeah. for, for for those people that that want it or 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 you know just just market it to the on-demand audience and stuff like that like my if this was just on amazon prime never went into the theaters my dad would like eat this because my dad's been ever since he's gotten mm-hmm. Amazon Prime and Netflix and stuff like that using my brother's password and my mm-hmm. passwords for various different streaming services. But he did get Disney Plus for himself. He's just been going through and just watching like all this stuff. Like he was, we and my wife were sitting at his house and and he's just like, oh, I watched this one with Bruce Willis. I was like, I've never even heard of it. Right. <laughs> like I've never. And he's just like, it's okay. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, and, and it doesn't cost me anything because your brother's paying for the service. And I was like, fair enough. And then the final thing that me and Lauren got down to watching this week was uh, we actually watched a newer movie, new-ish movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it stars Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. and T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller, yeah. Yep. And uh, it was Underwater, which was that that, that movie. It came out, uh, I believe, at the tail end of 2019. 
And yeah, it's it's pretty much if the abyss meets aliens and pitch black, like that's yeah. that's what it is. Um, but it's nowhere near as endearing, and it and it does nothing to give you a sense of like this somewhat uh, realistic futuristic world that they are in because it's it's obviously the I don't future. Think- Right, not that much into the right, future. but it's not too far into right, the right, right. And they were just drill like a drilling company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were drilling for oil on the right, ocean, on the right, ocean floor. Right. And while we were watching it, I was like, "Is this secretly going to turn out to be a a Cloverfield movie?" Because like in Cloverfield, we learned like through that universe, we learned that like it was it was deep sea drilling that on that that unlocked that like under ocean slime right that the, that the creature was like bathed in and stuff like that and and they also used it in that energy drink for that company that the guy in the first one worked for right and it, it's kind of like the start of like that conspiracy so I'm seeing this and they're like drilling on the ocean floor and I was like is this is this going to be a Cloverfield movie like tell me this movie ends it should have been with a Cloverfield honestly, monster it, it could have but. But there's no it, successful underwater movies right. anymore. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't end with the Cloverfield monster, but it ends with something that might as well have been. Right. It looks <laughs> like it. Yeah, so like it, it this movie like literally took elements from all these other movies and it puts them all together. Like there's even this giant creature where where like other creatures are living on its skin right. and come off, just like in Cloverfield yes. when the monster's dropping those like weird, I don't know, crab right, right, right. uh squid monsters that when they bite you you explode what the fuck <laughs> there's also a lot of exploding people in this movie yeah. <laughs> i'm not saying that it's not worth your time i'm just saying it's not worth your money <laughs> yeah 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 so i mean you're definitely we we, we paid 5.99 to to rent it um and i Ooh, it's a big commitment <laughs> and i regretted it after that like i was like yeah eh. it wasn't worth the six it was bucks not, it's not worth the money and the acting is not exactly top notch i mean and again you have kristen stewart so you're not going to get top notch exactly acting. Exactly. And uh, I mean, everybody, it just definitely seemed like nobody was there. No one believed in this movie whatsoever, because I think just by reading the script, you're just you're just like, all right, you're, you're trying to catch a certain audience who likes these things, but you're not you're not paying enough respect to your genre or to anything or, or even to your audience. You're not even giving them the respect to offer a decent uh, explanation of anything uh, to even to even introduce them to like a world that that you're you're being put in. It just starts off in the oil rig something happens uh, and you know you're six miles underwater and that's it it just puts you right in Mm -hmm. you know nothing about who they're working for you know nothing there's no intrigue whatsoever and the survival elements aren't enough to draw you through it uh at all uh but it also has john gallagher jr in it he's he is one of like my favorite like up-and-coming actors i guess you would say he was in newsroom Mm -hmm. uh he he was in uh 10 cloverfield lane he's the one that uh john goodman uh, is locked with in the basement originally and he also plays the bad guy in a in a horror movie called hush where he's the home invader of a of a woman who's deaf and it's uh, he, he's he's really good, but like here, I, I could definitely tell he was he just wasn't with it. In fact, he spends half the movie asleep. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he think, just didn't want to. And act. I think T.J. Miller just came in and he was just shooting off like he was just going with it. Oh, there yeah. weren't like any real lines. He was just cracking stupid jokes. His character the movie. is is portrayed as like he, he quotes Lewis Carroll the whole time. He right. carries a stuffed white rabbit, but at no point does everybody like one person I think says. Oh, okay. He, there's something wrong with him, right? But like, no yeah. one else picks up on it. Like, they don't even get into the fact that this dude is clearly suffering some sort of like psychosis caused right. by cabin fever from living <laughs> six miles under the ocean. But I mean, it, it just right. it, it doesn't do anything well enough. 
for you to be like, all right, that was awesome. Like not even the creature designs are like really that inspired either. Right. So it's just, uh, yeah, definitely don't pay money for it. If you, if you see it on like a streaming service, like I could picture like if me and Lauren watched the descent on Netflix and then it was like, you might like underwater. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's like, it's kind of like that. There's some spelunking. There's some like undersea diving and stuff. There's weird creatures that you didn't know exist. Right. Uh, and, but it, it just it, it pales in comparison to everything else that it's trying to emulate. Uh, so yeah, there's plenty other good, better movies out there right now that you can. If I had to give it a grade, on. its grade is going to be a D plus. Yep. Yeah. So not nothing to really write home about. Nothing. Nothing to really. I, I'm glad that me and you skipped this for a proper review, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's head over and let's get into this week's news. Let's get started with some news. Hit us with that first news story. Well, we have an interesting couple things from Netflix. First off, they added 15.8 million new subscribers since this pandemic started. Uh-huh. Smashing the produ- uh, projections. And it's it's pretty... It's, it's saying something. And I'm not surprised whatsoever. I mean, they're supposedly a follow-up news thing that we we came up with is that they're powerful and they are almost or if not more valuable than disney itself and and nobody thought that that's possible as of their april 15th uh shareholders meeting they did report Mm -hmm. that they are currently in the month of april more valuable than the disney corporation which uh obviously disney is is losing money they're gaining money so it is only a matter of time before that either evens back out or disney but we did a story like this in the past where we talked about how they were they were one of like the big three, the three biggest uh, entertainment companies in the world were Comcast, Universal, uh, Disney, and Netflix. But I yeah. love this news story, Jay. You want to know why I love this news story? Why? Because it proves I'm fucking right. <laughs> Remember last week when you were talking about how Netflix really might not have the money to back Martin Scorsese in his uh, in his new endeavor. <laughs> Now they yeah, do. They certainly true. do, sir. They got they got Scrooge McDuck vaults worth of money. So that's why I like yeah. this new story. And they have a that same amount of money in debt. You know, I mean, they're you know. Well, they're all in debt. Disney just took out. Uh, this isn't in our news, but Disney took out. I believe it was an eight billion dollar loan from Citibank. Currently, right now, uh, ju- Jeez. Ju- yeah, just to stay in operating now. Eight billion dollars. I mean, that's like a trip to the supermarket for them. So it's not that it's it's not all that much money. That's true. That is true. In reality, yeah. but you know, it is something that they're doing because they are losing that much by not having their parks open and by not releasing movies. Um, I'm sure they're getting some money from their streaming service, but obviously, Disney Plus is not as big as Netflix is. No, and I don't think it's as big as they thought it was going to be either. Uh, I think it's you know. It's done well. It's popular. I think the uh, pandemic has helped it to some degree. But when do you ever hear about people talking about Disney Plus? 
and the zeitgeist or on Twitter on Facebook. You just don't. And mo- most you of really the time, don't. now that the Mandalorian has come and gone, a-, a lot of talk from Star Wars fans about like what's to come next. But that that's mostly what it is. It's mostly anticipation for what they have mm-hmm. coming down the pike from the MCU and Star Wars. Not a whole lot for what they have with other original properties that they own. So let's get over to our next news story. <laughs> All right, no surprise here. So San Diego Comic-Con was scheduled to return this year, uh, as it's done year after year for as long as I can remember. I've been looking forward to the news that comes out of San Diego Comic-Con, but uh, due to the coronavirus, it has indeed been canceled, and it will not return again until July 22nd through the 25th in 2021. So uh, unfortunately for anyone who had those tickets, I'm sure refunds will be super easy for you to get (laughs) as i'm finding out a lot of people have had have had a lot of trouble getting their refunds for a lot of these events especially if you bought your tickets through uh Ticketmaster. yeah you're you're basically screwed you're basically boned but uh it's not just that i mean it's every music concert and festival all throughout the year I mean, there's so many things that need to get reimbursed for people this year. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's l- luckily, like, I, it's I, not I, just uh, <laughs> Comic Con. I was talking to our uh, former co host of Movie Cocktail earlier today, and like him and his family had to cancel their, their Disney trip, which was scheduled for April. And now they're they're going to reschedule it for November. And they, they were fully refunded. Disney's making it easy, but not not everywhere is making it easy right. for you to get your money back. And Comic Con tickets, those are usually bought sometime in advance so this yeah. was probably already sold True. out before it was True. even canceled but the, the thing yeah. i'm gonna miss is like the news that's coming out about it um because you know comic-con's just such a, a fun celebration of all those it things fun. geek that that we love but also um i mean you can argue that it's become far too commercial and too too much into into things like movies or things that have nothing to do with the comic in well, comic-con but that's that's partially true yeah but it, it's not the same where it was a cultish right uh, thing where like even the stars could go there and just geek out and not have to worry about for being sure. bombarded or being bombarded by oh, paparazzi no, or something the, well, but they are bombarded they are <laughs> yeah. now they well now they are but back in the day they had a little bit more freedom i think no, not kind of nerd out not from the smelly nerds they did not know <laughs> <laughs> i've been to those conventions i've been a smelly nerd and like i've i've shouted out dude there's you know insert popular name I at the time here yeah. and then people I swarm them that. and it's like oh shit i just fucked that dude's day up <laughs> <laughs> next news story well dave uh looks like there's no guardians of the galaxy volume four for james gunn yeah i'm kind of surprised at this that? man uh I, i'm not i i, I why do you think that is? I because I I don't know what to make of this one. I'm kind of surprised, but somewhat not that surprised. It's either somewhat I, I sour know. grapes over over the being fired thing. Could be that, mm-hmm. but I doubt that. I, I I think three movies is enough for a creator to say like I've I've done all See, I want. That's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, yeah I've done all I want to do with this with with this. Yeah. And and also you got to think some of the stars are probably also waning on it as well. Um, you know. Chris Pratt will probably want to do it for for as long as he can, but I don't know if Dave Bautista wants to continue showing up to do that makeup. I don't know if Zoe Saldana wants to show up to do that makeup. I mean, it's super easy sure. for Bradley Cooper because I mean he's just got to come in right. and, and read lines. Yeah. Vin Diesel too, but you know for for the most part it, it's it's heavy makeup for those people. These are long shoots. They're they're they're, they're effects heavy and. 
that's Green something that James stuff, Gunn, yeah. you know, James Gunn played around with that stuff in like his earlier films and stuff like that. But it was all practical and it was all low budget and it was all kind of like guerrilla style for the most part. Um, you know, this dealing with like the big budget and stuff. I think you know after doing three of these big budget movies, not to mention he's doing this one back to back with the Suicide Squad. Uh, it's gonna be tough for him to like jump into like another big blockbuster. He probably wants to play it small a little bit, return to something a little bit smaller. You know, like he did. I know he wasn't a director of it, but like he did when he executive produced Brightburn recently and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. that's oh, more definitely. like that's more of his wheelhouse, I would say. That's at least at least that's where how he made his bones. And sometimes it's nice to go back to that stuff, especially if you have a story. He he might already have a story in him for one of those smaller budget movies. That'll be a nice way to relax after this one-two punch of the Suicide Squad and Guardians Volume 3. But I think fatigue is, is more than likely at the result of it. And and I agree. Th- that's both probably physical and mental fatigue as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, yeah, exactly. And creative. I mean, I think, you know, after all this time, all these delays, it's, it's going to really shift a lot of things up, especially the things that have not been fully in, in, in development yet. Right. This is also premature. He hasn't even, uh, since they shut down production on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, about like a year ago or so, um, back when he was fired, he hasn't stepped foot on, uh, he hasn't stepped foot on a set for, for this movie, you know, for Guardians yet. He might mm-hmm. get back on set and remember why he loves the characters and why he loves the people he works with so much and, and, and get sold on making a fourth one. You know, right. it, it's a little premature. So next news story. All right, so we talked uh, in past weeks that the Batman has stayed rock steady. It was n- it, it it was not going to waver in its release. It was still going to be set for June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. But they mm-hmm. have pushed that date back now. Uh, it looks like its new release date is October first, twenty twenty one. And I, I think well, I love it. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think October is a great time to release a Batman yeah. movie. Number one, but number two, I, I think what what had this going is is that when this first all started, no one knew how long it was going to be. Some projections were like three weeks to a month, maybe that we were going to be closed down and everything like that. Now that we're dragging into you know past our sixtieth day of this, obviously these productions are, are facing delays that they never really thought were possible. So it didn't make sense for anyone to announce a delay unless they absolutely had to and in this in this case you know obviously they've lost so much time uh, over 60 days which is probably a good quarter of its filming time at least if not more then you know it's obviously that that, that it's obvious that it's going to be pushed back but the october 1st date has me interested because does that mean that this might be a long halloween story maybe 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 maybe, maybe. Because uh, I would love that. Because if it is a long Halloween story, that is a story that starts and ends on Halloween yeah. uh, in the comic books. And it's one of my favorite comics. And I think there's a lot of elements you can draw from from that comic to make this a, first off, a different type of Batman story, but also fit in a lot of these rogues that that we know that are have been cast in the movie. But also, you know, it, it's not like they have to stick adherent and dogmatic to long Halloween. They can just pick and choose elements of it. But I was just wondering, you know, it's, it's just a nice little thing that I'm... Uh, just I'm just kicking around. Obviously, it's not anything that's announced, um, but uh, that that just the October first. Yeah, never know. You yeah, never the know. October first release date just made me think like, oh, got to be great if it was called the Long Halloween. All right, next news story. David Lynch apparently is not interested. Not just not interested, but has zero interest in the upcoming remake of Dune. And why would he? <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> 
Why well, would he? I mean, maybe because it was so it's so it's so far removed. You know that his movie was in the late eighties, right? And I mean, it's just nineteen eighty four. Yeah, it's, it's, that's thirty six years ago. But I, I think mean, it's also disin- time. It's disingenuous to call this a doom uh, remake or even like a reboot. I think the word to use is reimagining. You know, it's. It's taking the source material, but it's taking nothing of what David Lynch did before this. And I, I I think it's just another version of the book, right? And for him to even like get butthurt over it or compare it to his Dune at all. I mean, obviously people are going to make the comparison, but it's they are not one for one. They are apples and oranges. One, you know, one was made in the 1980s uh, with with much less of a budget, and obviously it didn't get the chance to do what David Lynch wanted to do with the movie. Obviously, never doing any type of sequel or anything like that. But as far as his quotes, though, he it's mostly because it's a big heartache for him. It was a big failure commercially. Um, it w- he did not have final cut. So apparently it wasn't the story that he wanted to tell. It's not, it's not the movie that came out to be how he wanted it to be. There's certain parts in it that he liked, but for the most part, it was a total failure to him. Well, at and least he I admits that this really is what it is. At least he yeah. admits that this is mostly in, in a sense, jealousy. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, it's kind of sounds like he's admitting that he's like, look, I didn't get this opportunity and I'm kind of butthurt over it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, think about it. I mean, we're all people, right? I mean, you spend years of your life, every waking moment. I don't know. Have you ever watched the David Lynch movie? I'm sure you have. I'm not sure if, if that man yeah. is human, <laughs> I'm not sure if he has human emotions and I'm not sure if, Fair uh, enough. Fair <laughs> if enough. he operates but on the, the same wavelength is, as every other human, especially, but you know, artists are, you know, they're, 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 they're passionate people, you know, in their own little way. So the point is it, it could destroy somebody if it doesn't work out the way they want it to, especially if you're, you know, one of those people that does, doesn't, play well in the sandbox like he doesn't you know like he's does marches at his own beat and you know this was a big commercial thing the studio took the final cut from him he couldn't do the movie that he wanted to do I, you know it's got to be heartbreaking for him and he's probably you know stuck between a rock and a hard place you know I, I don't know yeah but, but also david lynch being able to do whatever he wants to do hasn't always worked out in the past for him or for sure. any studio that's made a film with him either next news story All right, so Venom 2 has now been postponed until June 25th, 2021. An announcement that we kind of knew all, we we knew it was coming, even though despite the fact we had a a news story two weeks ago where Sony was like, no, 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 Venom's going to be coming out same time, same theater. You can get your tickets today. Mm. No, it's it's going to be, it's getting pushed back pretty significantly. But what I find interesting with Sony's announcement is with the bad news, they also give some more news as we got the subtitle to Venom 2, which will be titled Venom Let There Be Carnage, which I hate this title. I you know why hate this title. I I you know what that means to me, dude. I think they're gonna embrace the corny campiness. That I we think hate. they are too. Yeah, I think they are too. But like, I think that's exactly when I hear the name. I picture means. like Michael Buffer just be like in this corner wearing yeah, the, right? wearing the black symbiote is Venom, and over here in the mm-hmm. red symbiote we have Carnage. Let's get ready to Carnage! <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it sounds will be so like campy. That. Sounds so cheesy. So like, uh, I know that they it are is. they are leading us into a maximum carnage, which is uh, a storyline in the comic books where Spider-Man both takes on Venom and Carnage. Ultimately, teams up with Venom to take out the bastard stepson that he had, Carnage. Um, but the, my problem, you know, so I understand that they're probably saving that for a Spider-Man movie or at least a Venom Spider-Man crossover or saving that title. But there was another title that went along with Carnage that I always loved and it's called Separation Anxiety because yeah. the the, the mm. idea of Carnage is that he is the spawn of Venom. Right, right, right. He broke off from, from the black symbiote, mixes with Cletus Cassidy and the red comes from, from blood pretty much. Cletus Cassidy's blood on the outside. Cletus Cassidy was a serial killer who had an obsession with blood so it makes sense that when they merged and stuff like that that the blood mixed with the black symbiote and stuff and created the red the red symbiote that we know as Carnage. Um, but Separation Anxiety is the storyline where kind of like Carnage it's it's kind of like Carnage like unleashed and stuff like that. It was a Sega video game that I loved as a kid. I just felt like Separation Anxiety was the appropriate title for this movie. I, it just seemed like it fit the world but it also seemed to fit kind of what was going to be going on between Venom and Carnage and it, it didn't hold the weight that something like Maximum Carnage holds for mm-hmm. comic book fans. Look, all these names sound extremely cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, what's the sequel to Maximum Carnage? It's obviously Extreme! <laughs> it's Extreme Carnage <laughs> with an X. <laughs> Or E and a big X. Yeah. yeah. A really big X. Really big X. <laughs> Extreme! <laughs> Super excited for the Venom 2 movie. <laughs> I, actually, oh, yeah. I actually am. I, I, I think uh, they're going to get it right this time. You know? I think now the studio knows uh, nah, what they got on their hands. Uh, no, nah, they're, they're just going to go more more silly. That's what they're going to do. And it's not the, the direction that I like or want. I think I, I think it's a direction that's going to work just fine for Yeah, him. I think it'll be it, it, I think it'll be fine. It'll work well, especially when they mix with like, I mean, I don't want them to go like too silly, you know, like I don't I, I don't need another Deadpool I, or something like that. Right. But I, I, I do. I, I will be OK with a little bit of levity, like to the same degree that we have in the Spider-Man movies. So that way, when these two characters match up, it's not like it's not yeah. like I'm seeing Spider-Man in this gloomy, dark world that's ruled by a symbiote. You know, like I, I don't, I don't need it's that. True. I, true. I, I, I need these worlds to to mix well together uh, when they ultimately do that. You know, because haven't we always just wanted to see Venom grab Tom Holland by the shoulder and go like a turd in the wind? <laughs> oh boy! I think the most important thing for me is the director. Andy Serkis taking over the reins for this, and I, that's what still gets me more excited about it. Yeah. So just to see what he can do with it. Well, he's going to have a couple extra months to do what he's going to be doing with it. Next news story. Hunter Games prequel is announced and they're going to probably have uh, a young President Snow to to be the main person that they're going to follow throughout this new movie or new trilogy, whatever it's going to be. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be directed by the the Mockingjay director who I think is Francis Lawrence, if I if I'm correct. So I mean, I'm not surprised that this is happening. I think there's a lot of world building that you can that you can have for a prequel. 
you know, to see how things started and how this all became. Yeah, I, I think I'm on board with it. I mean, you know, it depends on the casting and, and what kind of story they're trying to, to, to tell. I'm not. I'm not on board with it. I thought that the Hunger Games really started to to wane as they the further they along to they wane, got. wane, but I, I was always very surprisingly impressed by how nah, much I got levity so it was. I got how, so bored with these movies. And how kind of dark it was. Uh, it's This is going to be based off the prequel novel called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Uh, and yes. it just seems like it's another studio looking over at Warner Brothers and just kind of looking and being like, those Fantastic Beast movies, they're, they're not as good as the originals, but they're they're making money. So Right. We, let's just do sure. it again. Let's sure. just do it. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got a prequel novel, so let's just, let's just, yeah. let's just squeeze this this nut the biggest for all in its worth. history yeah so let's let's just squeeze this nut for all it's worth and and I, I think that's really what's going on i don't i i don't think anyone's gonna go see this movie i don't think there's enough ardent fans of the, it depends of on the hunger game series out there i think too right i i, I th- that's gonna be part of it but really in the end the, the people you're drawing in are fans of the series and and then you're, right. you're like, like we talk about with the comic book movies and stuff like that you're Dude, using those as people as they have that fucking whistle and the crest or something like that they're gonna bring them back that Dude, you I, know mocking jay was not was not mocking jay and mocking jay part two were not the hits that the rest of them were it was already it was already waning i mean it didn't even it, mm. it's opening weekend it did 102 million dollars for 160 million dollar budget it only grossed 280 million in the states um which is not that much for a huge blockbuster yeah it, yeah, that's true. So these weren't doing that type of money, and I don't think this is either. Um, so you know, if Lionsgate isn't coming out with a small budget, I mean, did you? You're you've read some. Uh, you know, I know you read Harry Potter, so I'm right. just lumping you in with everybody else who reads YA novels. But did you did you read the Mockingbird series at, or or whatever it is, the Hunger Games series at all? I did not. No, right. And I wasn't interested in the movies. I saw, I think, all the movies. I think I've seen bits and pieces of the last couple movies but i didn't care right. for them that much i don't i mean maybe there are like fans who are hungry for this but i don't think so i think this is Lionsgate well, looking at what property some out there <laughs> right, there's some <laughs> but there's but there's not 200 million dollars worth <laughs> of probably not. i I, I do think you're correct about that I, yeah. I think they need to scale it uh scale it back and not do a Fantastic Beast type thing where they throw the same budget behind it as they do with the Harry Potter franchise because that that was that wasn't smart. You know, they had nothing going for it and they were only banking on JK Rowling's new stories to, to, to ride the coattails of Harry Potter and it was never it was never going to live up to the same hype. No, um, no. But again, and, and unfortunately, the quality isn't either. So no. And again, know, there's Lionsgate looking over to the left and seeing what Warner Brothers is doing, and just all right, sure. Let's. So let's, yeah, I mean, let's try if it. they can make if they can make a, an eighty million dollar movie, great. You know, that'll be, that that's great for them. I think they'll they'll definitely profit. And you know, if they scale back enough, it could uh, it could be pretty good because I don't think you, you really need to have too much CGI, uh, but. I don't know. This is this is not my ballpark. <laughs> Next news story. Netflix just acquired Enola Holmes, and this is a spinoff from Sherlock Holmes. So it's starring Millie Bobby Brown, right? Is that how you say her name, Millie? Millie Bobby Brown. Millie, mm-hmm. Millie yeah. Bobby Brown. She plays Eleven in Stranger Things. Things. Yep. And Henry Cavill. So that's exciting. Cavill. I mean, you know. Cavill. <laughs> 
Cobill. Henry Cobill. I told you guys, this is not my couple days. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm all out of sorts. Here. Let me introduce you to Sir Henry Cobill. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Obviously, uh, both of them big Netflix contracts that they had for, right. for both of their hit series. You can say uh, Henry Cavill a hit series with The Witcher, which which came out uh, in 2019. That and then, is a surprising hit. I, I did not. I don't think, think so. I don't think so. No, that you, you have you have a big uh, a big name behind it, like you know, l- like Henry Cavill. But you also you also bring in. It is one of the most popular video games uh in like the past 10 years uh it's it's not quite skyrim level but it has massive amounts of fans uh so and and you know witcher 3 wild hunt was just a massive game and i think there's a lot of people out there who are interested in seeing that brought to the screen and it also has the the sword and sorcery behind it which there's not a whole lot of that stuff out there for for fans of that genre that's true so that is true so this this is kind of interesting for me because it also includes Sam Claflin and and also um, Helena Bonham Carter and it's directed by the Fleabag guy. So the, right. the TV show, the hit show Fleabag on Amazon. So of course, if is, you're telling a story in Victorian London, you can't do that without Helena Bonham Carter. Right. Sure. <laughs> but it also speaks to me that it's going to have this great dry comedy. You know, it's going to have that great English dry comedy. And and I'm I'm all all about that. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to this one. One can hope. There's no release date for it. It's they're, they're just saying that they've acquired the rights, and those are the two yeah. people. And, and this is this is a property I'm excited yeah, about. For but some I, reason. I, I don't I, know I why. I wouldn't be surprised if there's not even ink on contracts for either one of those two at this point either. It may be one of those things that they have a certain number of of contracts to fulfill with the company. And that's why they're able to announce that they are going to be the ones that are in it. But uh, this is probably very early production. We wouldn't see anything from this probably until 2021 or even early 2022. Next news story. All right, this is going to make uh, fans of anime like our good friend Thomas Iannucci. You can hear uh, his new song, which is going to be playing at the end of our episode this week. It's all about not being able to sleep and living life in quarantine, something we can all get behind uh, right now. But uh, One Punch Man is being adapted into a movie by Sony Pictures. So even though Sony and every other movie company is losing money, they are adapting, they they are, you know, greenlighting new projects. Uh, So for anyone who doesn't know for the uninitiated one punch man is an anime magna and it was originally a i believe a digital a digital cartoon that that premiered in japan but it centers around a hero who can take his enemies out with one punch and he's kind of getting tired of the heroic lifestyle of knocking every enemy out with (laughs) one punch so he is searching for someone who 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 presents a challenge to him, uh, and that's kind of what the what the entire antithesis of it is. He's basically a bald, white caped Superman <laughs> who can just knock everybody out <laughs> with one punch. Uh, but you know, it, I've watched several episodes of the series. I have not watched the entire series, but everyone I talk to when they ask me if I watch anime, and I say no, you know, I, I've only seen a few series and stuff like that, and I rattle off the handful of anime series that I've watched. This is one of those ones that is on everyone's list for me to check out. This and uh, 
Hero uh, Academia, whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, which our our niece is a massive yes. fan of. So uh, so but I so I maybe during this quarantine I should get into watching a little bit more anime since you know Mr. Ianucci has been on my ass every time we talk. He pretty much asked me if I've checked out any anime or anything for him yet because he wants to come back on and do an episode about anime. Uh, and I have already told him Jay that episode would be Sans You and uh, <laughs> Rules for Anime. Yes. You can watch them without me. Without my you don't. Wife, you don't yeah. have to worry about me being there. I'll just call you she in. Put it on the record. Dude. Yeah, I'll just call you in when the tentacle monster comes out and starts shoving it into different holes on the ground. Oh I'll be boy! Like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> uh, it, it, that. That's a special type of anime. We'll watch together later. No, thank you. <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay, you got the okay. final news story for us this week. What's the what's yeah, the final news story? it's a lighthearted, story? fun news story. Yeah, I mean, um, I saved this one for last because this is one that gets both you and I, our juices flowing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So Mr. Pine, Chris Pine, in fact, is Say it slower. looking to star. Slower and deeper, Chris <laughs> Pine. Chris <laughs> Pine. Oh, you know, that, that Chris Pine, he make me moist. <laughs> 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 he he has a way about him, man. I'll tell you, he's, he's something about him. He absolutely him. does. In real life and in the characters he plays. He's just oozes with charm. Yeah, yeah. And, and guess what? This film role is exactly that. Because this is based on the 1920s book series. Uh, and it was... You know, it's a, it's a, it follows this kind of a Robin a Robin Hood esque character, and he's kind of like a thief for hire, and he goes on these globe trotting adventures, and it's going to be directed by Dexter Fletcher, who did Rocket Man, so it's going to have a lot of fun spunk to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and oh, tons I of think spunk. it's just going definitely to be- <laughs> lots of spunk with Chris Pine involved. No, uh, exactly. So, I mean this this is this is an extremely popular series. I mean it was it was adapted into yeah. a television show uh, years ago, and then it could be and it could be a franchise yeah. potentially. Absolutely, you know, that's, that's what this is going to be. Multiple novels possibly, in possibly. in the series, sure. uh, but there's also uh, I mean it was also a, a classic for Val Kilmer, the Saint. You know, a lot of people when they point to to his career, you know, the Saint was like a, a big deal for him. It was one of his like his his first time starring in in a role. So, um, or, or really like carrying a picture himself. Uh, so, you know, Chris Pine kind of taking this over and 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 putting this on himself. I, you know, I I look forward to it because I like him for that character. I like him as kind of like this this like little bit of like a roguish, swashbuckling kind of you know just a thief for hire. It's a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like Oceans meets Mission Impossible a little bit. Okay, cool. So uh, I definitely look forward to it. Uh, There's, I I just love Chris Pine. Just love hearing that he's still working. (laughs) Just means I get to keep looking at him. So uh, that's gonna do it for our news this week. Coming up, me and Jay are going to be taking a retrospective look. It's an anniversary. It's another anniversary. It's the twentieth anniversary of Ridley Scott's Academy Award winning film Gladiator. So stay tuned. The classic. And uh, say goodbye to my wife, Lauren, because... I will not be joining. She's not joining for Gladiator. That's not her bag, man. Bye, Lauren. Uh, Russell Crowe, she's never... Russell Crowe does not make her moist, so she's not going to stick around. stop saying moist. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into Gladiator. My name is Maximus Decimus Mergius. Commander of the armies of the North. General of the Felix Legion. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. 
Strength and honor. Strength and honor. Strength and honor. At my signal, unleash hell. What we do in life echoes in eternity. I'm required to kill, so I kill. That is enough. I'll be so different to and I. You take life when you have to, as I do. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Right, welcome back. Me and Jay are doing a retrospective look for another anniversary film. Gladiator came out in the year 2000. So it is now 20 years old. Uh, obviously, this is one of Ridley Scott's most prolific films of all time. This is his Spartacus. Mm-hmm. This is uh, it's it's also kind of like a big return for him because uh, this is this is the first film that he had in quite some time that was that was gaining him such notoriety that he hadn't received since you know years prior uh, oh, yeah, so well, definitely i mean this is one of those things where it's revamped his whole career again because the 90s was mostly a letdown i mean thelma and louise was in 91 and then after that right you know exactly really didn't have any home runs you know you can't classify gi jane that's 97 but like white squall you know, like uh, Conquest of Paradise, The King of Ads. But like, even after this, he follows it up with with a truly terrible sequel to Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal. Wow. So, um, but but it, it definitely it definitely gets him. It definitely gets his career jump started sure. again and gets him gets him back in the saddle. Uh, and it is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, I agree. You know, it's it. it it doesn't reach like maybe my top 10 or anything like that. But this is, uh, you know, when I, when I have, this is one of those movies that like, when I have the, the urge to, I'll put it on and watch it. You know, it, it, it is on a constant, uh, on a constant schedule, pretty much well, like it. It's never too far from my mind. Like even yeah, when we the were quality too, you know, it's unbelievable. When we were doing our nominations for our next movie cocktail for swords and sandals, uh, gladiator was my nomination. I'm probably going to, to change that now because if we do movie cocktails in the next couple months there's no sense in us talking about it here and then talking about it again there if it were to win um so i'll probably change it just to avoid that from from potentially happening um but you know I, I, it's it's never too far from my mind, and I, I really enjoy it. And I think you're right, Jay. Uh, the style uh, to this movie is just so top notch oh, for the. And, and it's prolific because a lot of things stole the style from this movie. Afterwards, a lot of different kind of different, you know, sa- you know, sword and sandal movies or other movies in general took a lot of cinematic uh, cinematography directing. Different kind of styles, different moments, different kind of the way the story was delivered and executed, the patience of it. The uh, the first thing Ridley Scott wanted to do when when he's when he started in pre production on this mm. film is you know he, he he was drinking his scotch and he was smoking a cigar Natural. and he went listen. I don't want none of those fucking cunts and togas lying around eating no fucking grapes. That's not what it looked like. It was dirty. It smelled like shit. And I want the film to look like that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, we got we got some people that we got uh, thoughts for here. Uh, we, we're thinking Jude Law for Commodus. <laughs> right, fuck him. He's a fucking cunt. I want Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that Joaquin Phoenix was the first person that Ridley Scott when when this was when this film was getting greenlit and everything like that and 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 he was reading the script. Joaquin Phoenix was the first name that came to Ridley Scott's oh, mind. Uh, but the studio did they they wanted Jude Law instead. He he would have been okay. He would have been okay. But Joaquin is delicious because he has those the makeup job on him was so good where like it it just. It made his skin a little on that weird pasty side and hollowed out his eyes to like this weird, dark, creepy way. And the way he had this soft-spoken, weird, boyish voice uh, thing going on with him, it, it was it was so excellent. It, he, he did such a good job with it. He took some liberties with the script. Um, a lot of so uh, they wanted. Commodus to originally be played because Commodus was seen as this fat neck tyrant, right? Um, where his his reign because uh, he's he is a re- based on a real character. Some characters in this are based on mm-hmm. real character. Some events are based on mm-hmm. real events, but none of this story is historically accurate whatsoever. Sure. So I'm not even going to get into the historical accuracies be. of it and stuff like that. No, it doesn't have to be at all. Exactly. But um, it's so so they wanted him to originally be played as kind of like this this you know Hulk pretty much like this raging fire monster like inside of him you know like like just burning inside of him um and he saw it differently like the way joaquin phoenix approached it was more of like kind of like a joker type thing very much sadistic very much um you know toying with people and he saw them saw him as more of like this reserved person that uh instead of having emotional outbursts all the time when he had them, they were more meaningful, you know? Um, and a lot of one of the things that he did ad lib was that great scene uh, between him and Connie Nielsen, who plays his who plays his sister in great. it. Yeah. And he he says to her, "Am I not merciful?" And that's how he's supposed to say it in the script, like "Am I not merciful?" And then give her a hug. But he ad libbed that part where he gives her. Am I not merciful? And he screamed and like right in her face. And Connie Nielsen was taken aback by it because it was not supposed to happen. That's not how they rehearsed it. But that's the that's the shot that Ridley Scott took because her reaction was genuine. And there's also some behind the scenes stuff where Ridley Scott, of course, told Joaquin Phoenix that, you know, when Joaquin Phoenix brought it to him and said, like, I'm going to try this. He said, do it, but don't tell Connie. <laughs> because, all right, yeah, you go over that. You do that. And you scare the britches off that con. I want you to scare her right properly. <laughs> yeah. So he goes over there and he scares her. Scotch. <laughs> Make sure you get a little of that spit in her face. Because because that's the way Ridley Scott is. We you know we know the famous story in Alien where uh, he he obviously did the chestburster scene with not much knowledge being given to the cast at all so that way he could capture the shock and all of them and he does a little bit of that There's here nothing as wrong well. with that. that's a good director uh, right there joaquin phoenix uh, given the right time given the right time and scene for it yeah it's smart yeah um because it, it's a genuine reaction you know it's obviously not you know it's not a normal actorly reaction to a line you know it's it's no, instinctual it's, it's, hum- it's human you know especially when a script calls for a more like reserved sure. scene and stuff like that and he goes off like that so uh and that it's a fantastic scene but joaquin phoenix i think if jude law was in this it 
it probably wouldn't have been as powerful as a movie. Not that Jude Law would have done a bad job, and it probably still would have been in the Oscar running, but I don't think it, it would have held the same amount of weight. Well, I think a lot as of it, Joaquin Phoenix brought to it, especially if you if see that's it's 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 one of those kind of things where that's what makes Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix, where you let him off the leash a little bit, and you got to rail him back sometimes. But for the most part, you know what he can deliver. And he's going to deliver something and then some to whatever's on the page of the script for the role. You know, it's it's he's going to elevate it without a doubt. Right. And obviously, you know, the big character mm-hmm. in it is Russell Crowe. This film did. Oh, yeah. Massive things for Russell Crowe's career, Everything. obviously. <laughs> but he was not actually the first choice. No. Um, he was the second choice. The first choice was Mel Gibson who turned it down because at that point, I believe he was, I want to say Mel Gibson was 53 Mm. years old. Uh, I want to say it was what, what his age was, but he he was a little old and he felt that this character uh, with a wife and a young child and stuff like that, kind of like making his way through the ranks of the, of the Roman legions and stuff. He didn't feel that that was a role for him. Obviously the role was for him, you know, years prior when he was doing Braveheart, but he was, he was five, six years younger at that point. And uh, he, he didn't feel it was right for him. So he actually turned it down and then, that's when they picked up Russell Crowe. Wow, he's perfect. He's so he's so perfect. Uh, he, you know, it, he he adds this level of like I, I, I want to say like blue collar. Oh, 100%. To, to the character well, of, of, Dave, Dave, of the Maximus. whole opening of the movie, the whole first uh, I would say ten minutes is establishing that exact comment you just made. It yeah. really is. You know, he he's he's he. You know, the opening shot is him thinking and dreaming of. Uh, you know, his wheat fields at his home, you know, and it opens up his eyes and he's, you know, he's very beloved and respected by his, uh, you know, his soldiers. Another ad lib, another ad lib thing when he is describing his home, when, when sure. you know, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get home and he describes his house and stuff yeah. like that. They didn't have anything in the script for him. So Russell Crowe described his house in mm. Australia. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he he literally just described his his exact house in Australia nice. uh, for 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 that for that moment, which I thought was a, 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 a just kind of funny a, a little bit that he's instead of uh you know writing the script what a what a a Spaniard's house would look like they're just like I don't know what's what's your house look like all right Russell I just want to know where you lay your head why don't you just tell me right here on the camera <laughs> tell me about your house in descriptive detail <laughs> yes not super uh, Jay's no. script <laughs> descriptive detail yours <laughs> but I mean I I, th- I think I think you know that is the right is the right way to play the characters, the right way to portray, portray the character. Uh, makes it believable, you know, of him being like a simple man that he he doesn't he, you know he doesn't have the power hungriness that Commodus has or that many men in Rome have. You know, he just he just wants to get back to to his yeah, simple he's a life. Simple man. It's something he, that's he's, he's smart, he's intelligent, he's well regarded, um, and it's not it's nothing against like Russell Crowe or anything, but like when you. He looks like a blue collar type guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. he, he, he yeah, has that look a, about him. Genetics, so like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's just, he's got a sloping brow. What can <laughs> <I happen? laughs> but also Jaiman Hansu, uh, this is one of his earlier roles that, you know, he, he was, you know, he was a side player for sure. He was, you know, it was a great supporting role. Um, but you know, the movie ends on him 
on his face. You know, he it's it's it's, yeah, a, it's sure. a great role, and at the time he was a pretty big star uh, for yeah. for an African well, man he, to, to to have a lot of great supporting actor roles in in a lot of good movies. It, it was. His in hated. a way, he was just coming off of Amistad, which was a which was a big movie, um, you know, for him. And he was he played the you know the titular character in a movie opposite you know uh, Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So so he had proven himself, and he had already cut his teeth, you know, uh, with with a veteran director like Steven Spielberg. And I, I would say if he didn't do Amistad, we obviously wouldn't see him here sure. and this. But this is just another thing that goes into his pedigree. You know, he he. he he already worked with Spielberg in an Academy-nominated film, Amistad, and then he goes on and he does a few a, a few smaller things. Um, I believe one was Flatliners, and then he does another thing. Uh, he does a spot on ER, and then three years after Amistad comes out, he's in Gladiator, and he's working opposite of another you know famous director Ridley Scott, and he's in another Oscar-nominated film, and I think like that one-two punch kind of like set his pretty much set like his career kind of like on i don't want to say like an autopilot but it, it kind of set it in a direction where like he wasn't going to have to audition anymore I agree. you know i'm sure digman digman hansu after gladiator the phone calls were coming to him yeah for roles no i agree i mean he was he was you know he's been in a lot of uh good movies a lot of not so good movies <laughs> but He's always solid. You know, he's a great actor. He's you could tell he's he's a professional. He doesn't pull in any bad performance, not that I recall. Um, but again, you know, uh, Killer Croc, maybe. But yeah, you know. but that's what I'm saying. I'm looking at his <laughs> filmography right now, and, and he's done a lot of shit movies. <laughs> he really has. Yeah. Oh, for but sure. He's and, done and a lot of good ones too. Everyone you does. Know? You, 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 it I, is I, what it, it is. I don't think you can judge actors on their bad roles. You, you can really only judge them on their good roles or on the good films that they were in. You know, they didn't bring it home in a good movie with a good director. Then, you, you, I guess you're really pointing the blame at them. But if if you know they they do well under under a good director in a good movie then you know it, you can always say that sometimes they just got to take roles to continue paying the bills and everything like that but uh you know going back going back to the look of this movie um part of the look of this gritty realistic rome uh go- comes down to the gladiator arena mm. and this film does not shy away from the gore whatsoever Mm -hmm. and i think that's also something i mean that's what got me into the theaters i remember this trailer and the in the trailer they kind of showed that scene where maximus has two swords and he brings them together like scissors on that guy's head and then obviously the trailer cuts it right at that moment and i remember i snuck into the theater in 2000 i was in ninth grade and i snuck into the theater to see gladiator uh because i knew this was one of those things i think another movie i snuck into that year was the patriot oh <laughs> with yeah. mel gibson ironically with mel gibson uh, the film that he picked up after turning this down so <laughs> but I, those are two movies which are both equally i would say like as bloody um but sure. I went in there pretty much to satiate that bloodlust um, and and wound up not just getting that, but getting obviously one of the greatest movies of that decade. Um, and it, it came so early on in the decade. It was definitely like my favorite movie that probably came out in the year 2000 as well. So I was I was completely enamored with this mm-hmm. movie because of of that realism in in the fighting arena and this like gritty you know portrayal of rome and stuff like that and uh i think another thing that a lot of people might forget 
is that the score to this movie, who did the score? It was Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I did forget about that. Yeah. One of his one of his first like like big time, you know, I don't want to say one of his first and stuff like that, but definitely like one of those scores that puts somebody on on the map. Prior prior to Gladiator, you know, he he was he was scoring some some big movies like The Thin Red Line and and as good as it gets, but I mean for the most part he, he he wasn't he wasn't Hans Zimmer at that point, you know. He he wasn't a name that was as synonymous with movie scores as John Williams or Danny Elfman or anything like that. But I think this right. was kind of like his first big step in that direction, where it's like that you know that dude's going to be recognized for the music that he makes in film for some time to come. Oh yeah, I mean I, I agree, and you know also the cinematographer John Matheson. I mean he's one of my favorites as well. I mean. I have a lot of favorites, but he's done a lot of great stuff. I mean, he's done, you know, the, the Gladiator was the one that really put him on the map. Uh, but, like, different kind of styles from, you know, the next Sword and Sandal movie from Barely Scott, Kingdom of Heaven. That Kingdom, had a lot right, of which was, great oof. style to it, which is, I think, it underrated. Did. I think it's underrated. Um, it's definitely underrated, um, but it, it it just wasn't quite Especially this, the director's you know? cut, yeah. Uh, yeah great Expectations, I, 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 I have always uh, adored. Uh, Man from Uncle, Logan, Logan, Logan was great. Yeah, Mary Queen of Scots recently, but like you know, he he has a, he has a good style. I like his uh, his take on things. I think he has a sense of reality and, and but yet well, little flares of style that that is nuanced. It's not CGI heavy. When I watch something like Logan and I watch Gladiator or even like Kingdom of Heaven, <clears throat> uh, like. Yeah. Gladiator is shot at, like I would say like it's it's all sepia toned like everything is 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 very sun kissed very very brown mm-hmm. um, looking same thing with Logan uh, to an extent but with sure. with uh, with Kingdom of Heaven everything was kind of like blue. blue you know everything yeah. was like very yeah. was very blue hued uh, throughout that entire movie and uh, but I mean for for Gladiator I. I, I really I I think it's what made this movie such a hit was it, it had a, it had a good story number one it, yeah, it, it did it, it did really have did. a good story it had great some great dialogue, acting behind it great right. in, in, uh, great scenes great writing I mean you just it was just a great story that everybody but, could relate to everybody can get behind. And it had a little bit of everything for everybody, you know. On top of its big names, it had some truly great character actors behind it as well and i think that's you know that that's one of the unsung jobs is is and we call them character actors but they're 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 actors who are recognizable but you don't particularly know their name right off the bat like oliver reed who played proximo uh richard harris who played marcus aurelius uh derek jacoby who played gracchus i mean like you can go on and on through this through this uh cast and pick out people who you recognize from things like tommy flanagan he plays cicero uh i think he was just about in every action movie or or in the early 2000s he was in sin city he has so many so many uh roles to his credits but again a character actor but they're good character actors these are character actors that you a recognize but also bring something else to to their character bring something to the screen that is more than just someone to spout lines for your for your main actors to to work against um but i think really what makes this a lasting movie and what what makes this something that we all return to it's plain and simple it's blood 
<laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, it's a well crafted film, but uh, it's the violence that brings us in. It is, and initially, it was stuff like this that you couldn't, you never saw before on screen. You just never saw. You heard the stories. Everybody knows stories of gladiators and and not Rome. in years is what it, uh, uh, we hadn't seen something like this detail in this kind right. of scale and this kind of sense of reality where um, the the choreography was phenomenal. I mean, let's just not forget about that. That there's so much of it in this movie. Yeah, and it's so well, original, I mean, so well. One executed. of my favorites. One of my favorite moments in it is Maximus versus Tigris, and Tigris was played by uh, Sven Olthorsson. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, a lot of people who are Mallrats fans will recognize him as Lafors in in Mallrats. That is when you know it's Maximus versus the Gladiator champion. You know, the aging champion. It's it's pretty much like you know the Rock versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like it's the new blood versus versus the old guard. Um, but. Yeah, you know, it's not an easy fight for Maximus. I think it's the first time we see him challenged in the movie, uh, for for the most part. And he's also, you know, we're seeing fucking tigers, man, <laughs> like getting chunks taken. And and not like CGI tigers either, like real tigers that they brought on set. They were on loan from a zoo, and they had to have a zoologist on hand at the time because they had, I believe, it was five tigers on set, and he was there to, you know, if tiger gets out of the cage to trank the tiger before it could get to <laughs> Russell Crowe, who apparently was afraid of the tigers, rightfully so. You know, that's not <laughs> calling anyone a bitch or anything like that. You know, a 600-pound animal with, you know, uh, six-inch-long freaking uh, incisors that are meant to puncture your jugular mm. is something that you are okay to be afraid of. Um, so they had to keep him away from the tigers, uh, much more so than, than some of the other mm-hmm. people that were on set. But, um, you know, that yeah. just that scene, alone it, it puts your character through a, a trial by fire pretty much where i mean maximus he has he's pretty much dead to rights so he, he, you think he's going to be losing that fight he's on his back the dude's about to give the, the the crushing blow and you know it's it's only by mere happenstance that, that he happened to be able to get the axe to puncture it through the top of his foot which shows the blood just spraying out and it gives him the upper hand that he needs to to win but like at that moment it's the first time we saw maximus mm-hmm. in the arena on his back sure and, and literally supposed to die like yeah. even almost borderline uh, yeah, committing to it like just a lot. Also, like, I mean, he's a main almost. character with a death um, wish because right? he was defeated. Um, I mean, and, it was a great. Fight. And one of the things that like I was I was reading was like the the original script actually called sure. for uh, Russell Crowe to to for Maximus to have a romantic relationship with Lucilia, uh, who who was who was played by Connie Nielsen. But Russell Crowe and Connie Nielsen and Ridley Scott all fought for there not to be a romantic relationship because they felt it cheapened the character of Maximus. And here's a guy who has a death wish to to pretty much... Well, they did such a great job at, right. at hinting at it, though. Because that know? was in the script. So they do hint at it, but it never gets there, right? And 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 but that's that's even better. That's what made it even more cooler. Right. Yeah, it is. You're right. It is. It is even better. But like that's something that was in the script and something that like even the studio was fighting for. You know, they they wanted mm-hmm. that romantic relationship because they while presumably from the studio standpoint, while all the men are in there screaming for blood and and loving what they're getting, there's nothing for the women to latch onto. Is is what they were saying. But Connie Nielsen and and Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe, their argument was that Lucilia 
is a strong woman who's standing up to her husband and stuff like that. And that's something she for is. women to grab onto and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and, yeah. uh, but the, the, the romance of, so the, I think if the romance was there, it would, in the romantic longing and the right. yearning, you could see it. I mean, it would cheapen, you know, it would cheapen Maximus's character too. for, Oh, it definitely yeah, would have for, for, for him to have gone to bed with Lucilia and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm glad that that, that wasn't in and there. And this wouldn't fit the tone of the movie either. Really? Not really. I mean, maybe if they kissed or something like that, Maybe, but like an actual sex scene? Oh right. God, no, 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 no! Right. That'd be horrible. Not to mention, yeah. like they, they they talk about how Commodus and Maximus are like brothers, and Lucilia is like his sister, and it's like I know it's ancient Rome, but like I don't need you to refer to <laughs> I don't need you to refer to these right. people as right. as relatives, and then show your right. bone in one of them. All right, even uh, though the entire uh. point of of uh, Commodus's <laughs> thought process was like I'll marry my sister and make a true heir. <laughs> Jeez, it's super creepy. Uh, If you ever wanted to up the creep factor to someone, just add incest to their repertoire. Finally, one of the things I wanted to talk about was one of my favorite actors in it is Oliver Reed, one of those famous character actors that we're talking about. He played Proximo. He is the guy who kind of trains Maximus to be a gladiator. And, you know, he works. Russell Crowe, you know, comes Maximus comes to his Ludus being bought as a slave and stuff like that. But he's this he's this guy that like, even though he's kind of like a slumlord, he's kind of a scumbag and stuff. You kind of grow to really respect him as a character as the as the movie goes on, and uh, unfortunately, Oliver Reed actually passed away while filming this movie. And the studio did see his character as so important that they insured him should he die for the amount of money that it would cost to hire a new actor and refilm all of his scenes. But Ridley Scott was so impressed with Oliver Reed in this role. And obviously a little bit saddened by his death that he actually refused to replace him and instead took that money to kind of do some some camera tricks here and there, refilm some scenes from different angles, using body doubles and stuff like that, ultimately saving the, the studio a ton of money uh, by doing it that way, but also not besmirching Oliver Reed's you know role or, 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 or him as an actor by replacing him. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's Gladiator in a nutshell, man. Yeah, we, we all, I think there's nobody out there that does not like this movie. It's hard not to. It's a great movie. Oh, it, it, it's a great story. It's well acted. It's well shot, directed. Everything about it is top notch. And I think it comes out at like the right time as well. It certainly deserves all the praise that it gets throughout the years. And on its 20th anniversary, I'm just happy that I got to rewatch it. Uh, also, when this when this episode comes out, its 20th anniversary will actually be like a week after this episode comes out. But the film was released on May 5th. 2000 i don't know if you know jay but like may 5th is like super close to may the 4th (laughs) (laughs) we have a very different retrospective that we're going to be doing next week yeah stay tuned for pretty much 99.9 of dave talking during Uh, the final episode i even thought final segment i even thought about just firing you for a week and bringing in somebody else (laughs) you met you should why not because it's uh it's so next week we are doing for for may the 4th we are doing i'm lobbying for somebody else to be on that segment not me (laughs) we we are doing our our retrospective look at star wars revenge of the sith and i am going to try my hand at making a cocktail for it um i i only have it'll be interesting because if i do make a cocktail for it it'll be the second time i've made a cocktail for a star wars movie and none of them will be original Star Wars films. Both of them will be for prequels. <laughs> 
which obviously I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the other ones, but uh, I have the Qui-Gon Gin and Juice, and now I'm going to be working on one for Revenge of the Sith. So uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see what I'm going to come up with because I mm-hmm. haven't even really started brainstorming yet, and I've only got a week. So And I can only use the liquor that is in the house, too, which is going to add another level of difficulty to it for me. <laughs> so just kind of like doing this with one hand tied behind my back and then you know my testicles put into a vice on top of that (laughs) (laughs) but man do you have anything else to add uh, do you have anything else to add for gladiator before we uh before we get out of here i don't think so i think we pretty much touched on everything i i really just it's one of those great great movies that there's not a single thing in there that I can recall that I would want to change. Right. It's timeless. Or, it's just timeless. Yeah. It's just a classic timeless movie. It's perfect for what they did. It is perfect. And I think it's, it's, it's warranted. I will never give anybody shit who says, Oh, it's my favorite movie of all time. Okay, cool. I get it. Certainly not mine, but I understand why, because it's, it's a perfectly well-made movie. Well-crafted for sure. <laughs> it's, it's extremely well-crafted. Everything they did was Top-notch. Unlike so, Jay's vocabulary this it's week, classic. it's well-crafted. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers this week. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please make sure mm-hmm. that you follow us on social media. Obviously, I will have that. I will, I will, I will put up that question uh, that we had this week about what are the rules in your house, married or, or, or committed people, for watching TV shows without your significant other i want to know i want to know how how, how, what are the layers to these rules uh so you can reach out to me on twitter at super movie pod and then uh jay where can everyone find you twitter uh jay underscore smb on instagram super movie bros and facebook super movie bros podcast absolutely and then of course if you're enjoying the show i Encourage anybody who possibly can to leave us a five-star review on the podcast listening app of your choice. If you're listening on iTunes, it's real easy. I know not all of them allow people to leave reviews, but if you can, it helps the show out immensely. It's what helps us get seen by more people uh, and what helps us get found in searches. So if you could just take the time, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. It's the best way that you can help out the show. And we were just recently left two reviews. The first one comes from Mr. Prudent, and he said, next news story. I don't even know why this makes me laugh. I actually like the feel. (laughs) It's like you know everything about the movies you are talking about. I am a drama and suspense kind of guy, but you guys might get me on a movie or two. Very interesting. So, Mr. Prudent, thank you very much for that review. Yeah, thank you very much. And then also, Monkey Fan left us a review, and their review says, Welcome to Super Movie Bros. It's always a joy to hear that opening when a new episode is available. Jay and Dave clearly have such a passion for movies and life that it radiates through this podcast. I enjoy every episode that I hear, and I gladly subscribed. Damn. I should have just read those reviews a couple days ago (laughs) so it would get me out of this funk. (laughs) A five-star rating like this is well-deserved. It's well-earned, sirs. Keep up the great work, and please mention my review in your next episode. 
monkey fan wish granted you got the review read on the episode Robert. as promised so uh thank you for those reviews please anyone else who would like to leave us reviews head over to uh the podcast listening app of your choice leave us a review uh you can even screenshot it mm-hmm. and send it to us on our social media just to make sure we get it and make sure that we read it on our next episode uh also yeah. and of course if you're enjoying the show there is another way that you can support us other than reviews if you're really really enjoying it you can head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast for just one dollar you can get all the additional content that is available over there uh there's some other tiers as well you can read through them decide what what level of content you would like to receive from us but just to get the additional episodes it's only one dollar so head over to patreon dot com slash super movie bros podcast for more super movie bros uh, a little bit raunchier super movie bros too we we kind of we kind of don't hold oh. back at all for the patreon episodes all right and before we get out of here uh, instead of our regular outro music we got a new song from our good friend thomas ianucci uh, it's called diary of a lockdown if you enjoyed the song you can check out all the rest of thomas ianucci's music over on spotify or on the itunes store uh, his name is spelled thomas i mean you know how to spell that ianucci that's i a n n u c c i so please enjoy that and show him some support i want to thank everybody for listening have a great one thank you cheers cheers You are not alone in what you're facing On days like this